Thank you, worship team. Good morning, children of God, people of God. This is the day the Lord's made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Happy to be here with you all once again. And uh, as we are entering the week uh, before Thanksgiving, and um, I would love for us to take a couple of moments uh, on this thankful Sunday. Of course, you should be thankful every day. But begin to think in your mind, and whether you are a note taker, maybe you can write it down or even put it in your phone. Uh, or if you feel bold enough, I'm even going to open up the floor for a couple minutes in my sermon. If you feel bold enough, what, what are you thankful for? Uh, what is it that God has done or God has given to you uh, that you are just completely thankful, thankful for? Uh, I want you to take a few minutes and think those things through. Again, write it down, uh, because the next side of this is there's some folks out there who just don't have what you have, who are not thankful for the same reasons that you and I are. And we're going to lift that up in prayer at the end. So uh, if you feel so bold to share, I would love that moment to happen. If not, you write it down right on your phone. And uh, yeah, there in the back. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Thank you all. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. Yeah. He's gone. Happy early birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. Praise God. Well, thank you all for sharing who did. And I, I challenge you all to write those things down. Put them in your Bible. Hopefully it becomes a thing that we thank God for every day. Uh, but then, too, like, wow, God does not have to be that good to us. I am standing here today. So uh, thank you, Robin. And thanks for the grace for the production team on my tardiness. Uh, just last night, I went out to get Chinese food for our family. And on my way home, uh, there was a girl who blew a stop sign. And unfortunately, my car was the other side of that. So last night around 6.30, I am there with a jammed car and a busted up knee to tell the story this morning. But it could have been worse. Just could have been worse. And God in his grace and God in his mercy, somehow, as I was pumped up on adrenaline last night, walking through the situation. Uh, I was not at fault, uh, but, but just thinking through like, wow, only God. So uh, this morning I drove my wife's car, and uh, of course I get in and she had no gas. So I had to stop at the gas station. <laughs> and so don't laugh at me if you see me like a clown getting into her small car uh, at the end of service, because that's exactly what it is. But God has been good. And so... Uh, those are things where we think just in the split of 24 hours how life can change and how stress and anxiety can build, but only God's in control. So those things you are thankful for, I want to lift those things up now to God because, again, some people don't have the same story I have. Some people don't have the same gifts and thankfulness you have uh, in family or husband or mother or salvation or grace and mercy or mental capacity as well as a long life. And so let's bow in prayer for a couple seconds. Lord, we declare our thankfulness to a God who gives us all things. And so, Lord, we simply say thank you. 
as we go into a year around the table with some loved ones that we are just can't wait to see. And truth is, some who's gone on that won't be there this year at our Thanksgiving table. God, would you draw near to us in those moments of filling those voids? But God, may our lives forever be an outpouring of thankfulness because you didn't have to do it. You don't have to give. You don't have to give us these things and these ongoing blessings time and time again, but you do. And so with that, we need to give back. We want to give back our time, our treasure, our talent, the upbuilding of your kingdom here on earth that others may know the Jesus we love and come to serve. Thank you for protection. Thank you for your grace and mercy that does cover us simply every day. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for doing that with me. My heart was pumping this morning, and I know there were some believers in the house that are thankful for what God has done. And so, so cool to see the things that are going around here at this church. Like, wow, y'all keep going. The kingdom uh, will be a, a stronger place because of people like you in this community and in this church. So Operation Christmas Child and the video, and, and hopefully you get down there for some missions as well, be in the hands and feet uh, of Jesus, all right? Well, I'm not going to continue on in the book of Acts. I thought I would take a break and let your wonderful pastor come back and finish uh, in that series. And so I'm going to the book of Psalm this morning, Psalm number 147. Uh, and again, uh, with this being Thanksgiving on Thursday, uh, I thought this was a fitting passage for us to walk through. So Psalm number 147, and I'll meet you there shortly. But, but every year or every season, millions of people sit down around their TVs and they view various singing competitions, such as American Idol or The X Factor or The Mass Singer or AGT, America Got Talent, or Songland or Perfect Pitch or The Voice, where you find me on Monday nights at my TV around The Voice. All right, or, or, or even the high school musical that just came live. And as I name off these shows, many of you are like, yeah, I watched that or I watched that season. And some of us not only remember the singer, not only remember their voices, not only remember the tunes they sang, but we remember the single sh- singer's story. You see, their journey from hurt to harmony, their journey from wreck to ruin and to reward, The journey from tragedy to triumph, from pain to suffering to seeing a brighter day. And all of this we connected with because of a song. Because of their gifts and their talents, they now are displaying live on television. Singing, it it is simply the act of producing musical notes with one voice. Singers perform this music can be sung with or without accompaniment of music or a cappello. See, singing is, is done. It's the sound, it's the lyrics, it's the rhythm, it's the tunes we connect with, and it takes us to a place of remembrance. It takes us to a place that uh, works our emotions. It takes us to a place that simply get us to a place of praise, which is what we did this morning. And in Psalm 147, we'll see that we are commanded to also sing a song to the Lord. And so if I can, can I pause there and press this morning, the simple idea of this whole sermon text is that the thankfulness of our lives will produce an anthem of praise. 
The thankfulness of our lives will produce an anthem of praise because God is to be exalted in and over, over our lives always. Not just when it's good, but also when it's bad. When you have circumstances that you've planned for, but also some that you just did not. God is to be exalted in and over our lives always. You see, God isn't uh, most glorified in us when we are most self-giving. No, uh, pastor and theologian John Piper says this, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. It is when we take our eyes off the Lord and we get consumed and obsessed with our own petty life problems and we neglect prayer and praise at our lives. I love how John Philip said this. Our lives lose the luster of our songs. In other words, we lose our glow, we lose our gleam, we use our glory and become dull, dark, and drained. Listen, life situation happened, but we should always praise the Lord. Like we, we have something to praise God about in all of our lives. And I love how Chicagoans will probably say, you guys, you guys, all have something to praise the God about. I'm included. And so for the few minutes I have, we're going to walk through how do I form a proper posture of praise? How do I form a proper posture of praise in our daily lives? Psalm 147, and I'm going to read 1 through 11 is where our text will be coming from. It says, praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and with a song of praise is fitting. Verse 2, the Lord builds up Jerusalem and he gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and bounds up their wounds. He determined the number of stars and he gives to all of them their name. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. Verse 7, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make a melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heaven with clouds. He prepares the earth for rain. He makes the, green, uh, makes the grass grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the ravens that cry. His delight is not in the strength of a horse, nor his pleasure is not in the legs of man. But watch this, verse 11. Here's our proper posture. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. Wow. Uh, the Psalms, you see, are split into five books. It's a, di a diverse collection of sacred Psalms from history to lament to, to praise uh, to songs of ascent. Uh, in the church of Israel and to the, ch the Christian church today, uh, these psalms are both used in public as well as private worship. For the intellect, people love the songs, psalms because they find it reduce a huge historical and a geographical and a cultural background of the text. For those who are more on the attitudinal side, like my devotion, and, and I would rather have this, it stimulates our love for God. So to whom we are to praise is the question. 
And at the beginning, the psalmist writes, he says, we are to praise the Lord. It is only God who gives us the things of our daily, of wants, our wants and our needs. So we praise the Lord, the proper name of God. You see the capital L-O-R-D. This is the proper name of God, the one who gives for his power. His understanding is infinite, and he sends his commandments, his words, his statutes, and his judgment upon his people. He is the God over everything. He says, praise the Lord. And a few points I want to pull from the text is this, that number one, we are called to praise God. We are called to praise God. The Lord's people ought to praise, ought to sing and make melody to the Lord. Why? Because it is fitting. Because it is pleasant, if you look at verse 2, praise is fitting, and it is the proper attribute or the proper tribute you and I should give back to the Lord which is why I love Sunday mornings, which is why I love when you get in small groups. Those are steps in our weeks where we are setting aside our, our weekly schedule, our weekly headaches, our weekly trouble, and giving back to the Lord for his wondrous works, for his tender mercies, for his loving kindness, and for the salvation that he gives. My brothers and sisters, we are called to praise the Lord. Praise is pleasant. It, it's coming from a grateful heart. Praise is good because our God is good. I love this in Psalm 146, 147, 148, 149. They all begin with praise the Lord, and they all end with praise the Lord. You get to Psalm number 150. It begins with praise the Lord, and it ends with, but let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. You get it that we are called to praise God. He, he put breath in our lungs. He's given us life. He's given us protection. We are called to praise the Lord. Angels and the heavenly hosts are commanded to praise the Lord. All inhabitants of the earth are instructed to praise the Lord. Matter of fact, all the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. That's Psalm 138 verse 4. And again, praise the Lord, let all you Gentiles and extol him and all you people praise him. Romans 15, 11, sing unto the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth, Isaiah 12, 5. And then Psalm 150, praise him with the tambourine. Praise him with dancing, praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals, praise him with the loud clinging songs and everything that has breath, praise the Lord. We are called to praise him. I love this story of John Wesley. He was about 21 years of age when he was attending Oxford University. He came from a very Christian, a well-Christian home. He was gifted with a keen mind, and the story says, but also good looks. <laughs> Yet in those days, he became very snobbish and sarcastic. Until one day, his encounter with a porter would change his life forever. While speaking with a porter, he discovered this porter was a working man, whether it was on the train or luggage or hotel or, or shining shoes. Uh, he came in contact with them, and he realized that this man lived in very impoverished conditions. And while John Wesley would make smart and starky um, comments at him, uh, the porter always filled with joy always filled with happiness. And John Wesley asked him this question. He said, well, what else do you thank God for? And of course, he said it with a touch of sarcasm. The porter smiled and he 
looked at him, the spirit of meekness and with joy. He says, I thank him that he has given me life. He's given me a being, that he's given me a heart to love him. And above all else, he's given me a desire to serve him. Wow. Deeply moved, John Wesley went on and continued on to his studies until later in 1971, John Wesley laid on his deathbed at the age of 88. And to those who gathered around him, they learned this lesson of praising God in every circumstance. And despite Wesley's extreme weakness, he began to sing this hymn, I will praise my maker while I breathe. John got it that we are called to praise God. However, because life has its way of ups and downs and trials and tribulations, there's some in the room and maybe watching online who not always are in the mood to praise the Lord. Job loss, wayward child, a broken relationship, financial strains and struggles, those things are not the great conditions for us to praise the Lord. The medical test comes back positive, and it seems like that spouse is really ready to move towards a divorce. And you can ask the question, God, where are you? I do not see your goodness, and these circumstances scream that you have forgotten about me. To praise God in difficult times seems sometimes impossible. But when we bring a sacrifice of praise, when we realize that God is the God of all things and all things that seem to be broken and all things that seem to be wrong, God will make them right in his due time. You have faith and you hold on, dear brother or sister. I don't know when, but I know it will happen. God will make things right. And so if you are in that moment, can I tell you this, that God is still good that God can still be trusted, that God is still in control, and God will change our situation for our good before his glory. What do you mean? You look at Romans 8 and 28. He says, for we know that all things work together for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. There will be purpose in this pain, be purpose in that trial. I have no idea what purpose God will use me in the middle of Wheaton at 6.30 last night picking up Chinese food as my car is now ripped to shreds on the side of the street with two witnesses. I have no idea, but it's a purpose in it. And as you prepare for this season of Thanksgiving, you may not be able to see the thankfulness of your life. But the God of the world is with you. He's in control. He is never going to leave you or forsake you. So we have to choose to praise God despite the storms. It honors him and it grows us deeper and deeper in our faith. I, I love this in verse two and three. He says, it's the Lord who builds up Jerusalem and he gathers the outcasts. You, you want to talk about people who couldn't praise God? God's chosen people for years wondered and wondered because of their disobedience time and time again. They suffered oppression. They were brokenhearted. And the verse 3 says, and they even had wounds. Yeah, they suffered a lot. But God restores them. Listen, we are to praise God as his redeemed people because God brings restoration that's joyful. How is it that God would save his people as the psalmist pens and that 
because they're saved, we're to praise him. I, I, I love this meaning. Israel is now returning back to Jerusalem from Babylonian captivity. And frankly, Israel is now, it hasn't dawned on them that, wait a minute, only God took us out of this. O only God had, had, had let Pharaoh and his army and the other oppressors let us go. Restoration that God brings is joyous. Because they were described as stiff-necked. They were described as back-talkers. They were described as snobbers, idol-worshiper people. But God says, you know what? I'm going to rebuild the place where you belong. Everything that was taken away from you, I'm going to give back. And he did just what he says. I'm going to make sure that your people and your armies will prevail, not your enemies against you. And he says, then I'm going to gather them back to me. I love that. When we get here in worship, when we get to this church on Sunday, we are gathering back to God. We give, even our finances, for a capital campaign or even for missions. It is God's people gathering. Not that God needs our dollars, but man, he takes those and he puts them. We have no idea where these boxes are going to go. We have no idea because of your generosity of what student, what child, what boy or girl will be influenced by the gospel. He says when we gather together, he uses that for his glory and for our good. He determines, verse 4, he determined the stars. And he knows them by name. Every single one of them. Returning his people to the promised land. The brokenhearted is seeing this temple being built. But, but then we also praise God because his revelation, it's firm. Like we don't have to worry who's going to turn the moon on at night. <laughs> we don't have to worry who's going to put the sun in the sky in the morning. We don't have to set our alarm clock to do that. God does. He, he says this is his ability but also his greatness. The Lord who numbered the stars and named them all. To name them is to assume care for them. Hear me, I have two kids. I got a three-year-old boy and a six-month-old girl. And for both our kids, we didn't find out gender, which means we only have three names for boy names and three names for girl names. Our firstborn, Harvey, came out. Eight hours later, Harvey had a name. Eight hours. Layla came out. Four hours later, had a name. I have trouble naming two kids. Can you imagine how, how much trouble I would have naming the stars? God says, I numbered them and I named him, which assumes that he cares for them. And as much as he cares for those stars, you better believe he cares for you and me. He cares for you and me. Cast away, the walk away, the headache, he cares for you and me. We ought to praise him. Only God can count, place, name, and know the stars of his creation. God knows the exact, and he will use humans and, and, and you and I to display his glory. Astronomers tell us that there are a hundred of billions of galaxies in known space. And in that known space, there's only one billionth of a theoretical space used. Wow. You want to talk about man's power? 
We think we got it all, but we don't have enough. God has it all. This is our omniscient and omnipowerful God. God is full of power. He's understanding. His understanding is infinite, and it's far beyond what you and I could think. So back to God's going to bring those things that are broken. He will. I don't know how he does it. But think about this. How can he make a brown cow eat green grass and produce white milk? I don't know how he does it, but I'm grateful he does. God, the creator of the world, knows everything. So take comfort from the text because God is good. His understanding is all about how he wants to reveal himself to us. Our feelings, our hope, our circumstances, our dreams. And guess what? He would do far more than you and I could ever imagine or think. Verse, verse 7 to close, and I close here soon. He says, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make a mentally to the Lord on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds, and he prepares the earth for rain, and he um, grows grass on the hills. He gives beasts their food. He delights not in the strength of a horse. I'm at verse 10, nor in the pleasure of the man of a legs, the legs of a man. But it takes delight in those who fear him. We, we are called to praise God. We praise him because he brings us restoration. But also, we are to fear. We are to fear and hope in the Lord. We are to fear and hope in God. God provides for his people, and his provision is for the needs of his people, and it makes us look back to the hand that feeds us. Like God will be gracious enough to care for his people. And I love this, that God's real pleasure is not in strength. Like, wait a minute. It's not in those who do your CrossFit classes or your Tabata courses. Like, it's not in the strength of a man. I love the contrast, he says, the horse. One who powers through. The one who has speed and the one who has agility. Nor is not unto the one who's, man, I can power this on myself. I can shoulder all this by myself. He says, no, I will delight in those who fear me. And that doesn't mean that we, that we get in a corner and we, and we shake and we fear. No, it's a healthy level of fear, but also of reverence. That all that we have in life, it's only because of a God who's given it to us very graciously. So you want to bring delight to the Lord? We fear him. Right? We thank him for all he's done. We walk in all of his ways, and then we look forward to the day when he calls us back home to be with him forever. We, 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 we revere him, we serve him, and we hope in him. This is what stirs the heart of God when his people, both then and now, look back and give him glory. God is pleased. The psalm called us to worship, and it reminds us that the Lord should be praised. And when we do that, we magnify the Lord with our lives and we grow deeper and deeper in him. So what does this mean for us? Here's three points I want to give to you and then I close. What does it mean to praise the Lord because it's good? What does it mean to praise the Lord because he brings restoration and hope? What does it mean to praise him because, yeah, he, he knows everything about the world. His revelation is firm. Here's what it means for us. This is how you can form a right life of praise. Is number one, you choose praise over pride. 
Anybody in here got life all figured out? Yeah, me neither. God does. Our now, our next, our future, your kids, their life, your grandchild. He got it all figured out. So we should probably choose to praise him over pride, thinking that we can palm pilot, not palm pilot these days, but you can iPad your life or you can uh, vision board your, your whole life. No, no, no. Choose praise over pride. We don't have it all figured out. Number two is we choose rest over worry. We choose rest over worry. As I read this passage and as I preached this passage, I'm hung up on the fact that God knows all the stars in the galaxy. That's enough. And yet, all about my life, he knows. I think even in the hard parts of life, and even getting ready to figure out what's next for a car situation, I can't worry. I have to rest in the fact that God knows what's best. So my dear brother, my dear sister, what's keeping you up at night that we have yet to submit to God? What's the restlessness, restlessness of our hearts and our lives that we've yet to pray and leave it there? And when we say amen, it is not taking it back into our hands. No, it's leaving it there at God, and then we get to rest. So choose rest over worry. Last point is this, is we accept his steadfast love. You accept his steadfast love. When you see that steadfast love in scriptures, hesed, his ultimate, ever, never changing, but always giving love. It's his prominent or covenant keeping love. That God, being rich in his mercy, would send Christ Jesus to die for you. And that covenant is lasting forever, meaning he is not changing his mind about you no matter how bad you mess up, no matter how far you go, no matter the days when we choose pride, no matter the days when we choose worry, accept his steadfast love. And when we do that, we walk in the newness of life. Jesus, I'm ready to follow you fully, wholeheartedly, until you call us home, accept his steadfast love, steadfast love, because it is what took him to a cross. And as you sit around your Thanksgiving tables, whether you're in your own home or whether you're traveling, remember that others around that table needs to hear and needs to know that Christ died for you just the way you are. And would you accept that? As you do mission things here in this church, and I pray that many of you, if all of you could get over, overseas and do missions, that every time you do those things in the name of Jesus, you are giving folks the steadfast love of Jesus. It is him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so what is our response? To praise him and live for him and with him forever is the only constant thing in our life that will never, 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 never fail. Even in the darkest of moments, God got us. Let me pray for us. Lord, what a timely word. And it's only through you, by you, that you've given us all that we ever need. God, I pray for First Baptist. Pray for the people of you caught here. God, that the ministry they are doing, that they would multiply, that the gifts they give 
would just increase the lives they are looking to impact for gospel impact and kingdom would just grow. God, thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for their hearts to love on each other, their hearts to serve this community, but also their hearts to walk in the truths of your word. God, I pray as we enter into Thanksgiving this week that you would bring moments of memory that are great. God, in areas to where family trouble and and ugliness has reared his ugly head, God, would you bring peace and comfort into that? But God, today that you raise up a man, a woman, a boy or girl to go out and be your witness even around the table, even in the grocery store, even at the gas station, even while traveling, even at home, that we share the goodness of Jesus, that you died for us, and the only way to heaven is believing in you. Or be with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.